Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Goodbye Forever. Oh, yeah. David Anthony. Tim Crisp. Let's get it out of the way. We should. What do you rate this song? Five out of five. Five out of five. Perfect. Oh, my God. God, welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David. This was his idea. No, it's actually, well, yeah, it was a joint venture. We, we, we put it together, but, you know, we came in, we said, this will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We can talk about uh, a lot of things that we don't like. We can get a lot of things off of our chest yes. about what this band did to us, but also... Oh, we can just cheese, my dude. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one for a long time because I, it's one of those songs, as soon as I hear the intro, I'm just so fucking all in. Fucking absolutely. I. Uh, it's hard to talk about the song without just gushing about it. I, I got, so I got Maybe I'll Catch Fire and, um, and self-title, like, as a Christmas present, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. in a, in a, like give a list of things that I want for Christmas. And you know, my aunt gets me these two in an alkaline trio sweatshirt Damn, and put on that self-titled CD for the first time. And to just hear this song. And that thing also came with the, with the Asian man VHS tape, which also had the video. Oh yeah. I had that too. Oh, um, that was that the 10 minutes to, yeah. Yeah. And, that intro riff, fuck off, oh. dude. Cause here's the thing about about this era. This is the first song from I Lied My Face Off. It's the first song on the self-titled compilation. This, so this is recorded right after God Damn It. Yeah. That guitar tone is not there yet. No, it is not. It's still a little dirty. It's still kind of garbage yes but without this imperfect guitar tone there's so much that's just lost in that strum right i I think about it all the time because there's almost like if that guitar tone was a little cleaner it would almost sound like a weird like ska part Mm -hmm. um if it's recorded a year and a half later it's going to be more octave out and like yeah. kind of just like mid rangey. Mm-hmm. So there's just something about him writing it that way. And it's, it's one of those things that I've always loved when you can tell a musician is using their limitations to their advantage, where the only reason that riff is written is because whatever his fucked up guitar setup was at that time. Mm-hmm. The only reason it sounds right is because of his fucked up guitar setup at that time. So the only reason this song exists was because he just like plugged in, hit those chords, and then built around it. Yeah. He was like, this sounds cool and weird. How? Let's go. And so much of what I think is really the charm of the early era of this band, be it a song like Cringe, which I think comes about for, from a very similar purpose, mm-hmm. you know, it, is that he's just plugging in, goofing off, and then being like, well, but here's a thing. Yeah. You know, and and the magic of this song is like he hits those kind of first few strums, and then the band rushes in, and you're just like, "Whoa, okay." It's just one of those songs. As soon as I hear it, I'm just so 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 stoked. And to hear like 
God, the way Dan comes into Dan's bass on this song, so all over the place. Yeah, it's nuts. Just doing so much and all of these little lines that he's got of just, you know, where that that pattern like kind of starts to resolve and mm-hmm. Dan just finds like different lanes to go down in the interim and then come back okay. to just hold it down. And this is, you know, I think that not only is the tone uh, an example of someone's limitations, but just that pattern too. It's, yes. Matt doesn't know a lot of chords. Yeah. And let me find a way to play this. And he plays it weird, and it's like a weird, like, kind of pickup thing. It's a weird pattern. And I think this goes back to something I've talked about a lot, maybe not in a while, though, which is like so much of the early Matt Skiba riff writing is because he's a drummer. So he's not a crazy good guitar player. He's not bad, but he's, he's. He's learning the instrument kind of before our eyes in this era. So his approach is not, oh, I'm aside from 97, which was out the gate, like being really adventurous and Mm -hmm. about as adventurous as he ever got in terms of like pick patterns, like single note stuff. Now we're to here where it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm still going to use the same chords, but I'm just going to strum them in a weird way. Like I'm playing it like a percussive instrument. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever hear. When I hear Goodbye Forever, I hear a drummer playing the guitar. Because of that and because of that fucking pick slide, that's a drum fill into the verse. <laughs> like, legitimately, it's like, how how do I... I have this many... Mm-hmm. I have this much space. Uh, right. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm down at this chord. Uh, how do I get yep. up? there i haven't been to this chord yet and it's like pick slides are so goofy they're so goofy but when they're right oh my god they're perfect Uh perfect and when he starts singing in that verse holy shit wow like i again kind of imperfect but the way his voice sounds is so good to me Mm -hmm. right there yeah it's it's not really that like more agitated, screamy version that we're getting on Goddamn It. It's a little bit of that like more pulled back trouble breathing thing, but he just sounds confident. He sounds confident in a way he had not before to me on this song. And that jumps out to me immediately. I think, you know, you and I have had many conversations about uh the slacker generation of of rockers right yes yes and how that sort of thing became in vogue again recently mm-hmm. but maybe with some of the bands who are going and aping from pavement or from grunge they're missing the fact that that attitude really actually comes out of a lot of resentment yes. and a lot of vinegar. Mm-hmm. And the way that he comes in with this like almost like too cool for school yeah. attitude that he's got going on. But also like he's so confident in what he's saying yep. that he can kind of sit back on it a little bit. He doesn't have to over 
enunciate because he knows that everything that's fallen out of his mouth is fucking gold in that moment. I mean, that first line, take your wings outside, you're like, what? Yep. Like, this song, lyrically, is fucking wild. It's, so, one of the most beautiful things about God Damn It is the love songs that are on there mm-hmm. and how weird and dark they are and the idea that oh the best thing to do with uh in front of this person that I'm in love with is to fake a seizure. Yes. This is that but it is just so much more charming and yeah. so just this is a single this is such a single truly and it presents itself that way and it's sung with a confidence in that way but it's also fucking weird it's uh, the things he's reaching for on this song in terms of like imagery is wild mm-hmm. you know inside the purple sky like better soaring for you by it's like whoa dude you're an angel you little devil come on you know he's just dropping these bars like oh 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 it's just there's so much in this where i'm like how did you get from there to there Mm -hmm. you know i'll be your spy and i'll watch from like what the like it's just one after another after another after another and not to jump too far ahead, the last line of the chorus really driving that shit home. It's like, dude, what the fuck? I don't know how you just sat down and were like, mm, well, here this fucking is. You know, uh, one of the things that I really love about it, too, is the fact that it's the, the first verse. It's just it's so clever and it's so silly, but it all exists in this sort of like strange like place that he has developed. Yeah. But then... In the second verse, you're going to talk about the time that you saw U.S. Maple at the fireside. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere. Um, Two things on that. One, U.S. Maple's not very good. Yes. I learned that the hard way. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, you know what? It took me a couple times to learn that. It was, they're one of those bands that obviously I listened to when I was 16 because Alkaline Trio talks about what the fuck is this band? 21. Oh, I like uh, Boards of Canada now. Maybe I like U.S. Maple. Nope. Oh, now I'm 28 and I understand that uh, noise rock in Chicago is a thing and it's something that as a resident of the city of Chicago, I should know about it. No, it's just not good. The only reason that if you walk into a Reckless Records and go to the end of the alphabet and see that U.S. Maple has a divider is because of this song. Mm-hmm. That's my honest belief. Yo, straight there's a, There's a reason Tortoise has one and Big Black, and mm-hmm. that's the only reason U.S. Maple has one. Um, maybe seeing them at the fireside in 1998 was like truly a revelatory experience. Dude, I bet you as a live band, they were probably badass. Yeah. And then you go home and you try to listen to that. It's like, it's like I'm going to put on Silkworm. Uh-huh. Yo, hell yeah. But... That line is fucking awesome. So good. So good. And also, like, I do want to credit where it's due. Like, this band was not that far removed from that scene, right? Like, they were, and as we've discussed, like, they weren't necessarily at this point. Like, this is maybe the transitory point where they start moving into being more lumped in with the pop punk straight ahead kind of world. Especially, like, the early stuff of this record and maybe it'll catch fire. They're really pulling a lot of that weirdo noise rock art rock influence from Chicago. I can see it. You can hear it. It makes sense. 
the fact they're playing with sweep the leg Johnny and not, you know, whomever. Like there is that divide. They all aren't... the all the other bands that were on that uh that compilation that we talked about last week. Yeah, like they aren't playing with Screeching Weasel. Mm-hmm. Like it's just really not. Um, so you know they're playing like the last Braid shows even. So like anyway, point being like yes, they were Could definitely interested. Yeah, the last Braid shows. Bra- the last Braid shows where it's Braid, Sarge, and fucking Alkaline Trio is like so good. Uh-huh. Um, but. My point with all this is, like, that line is so, like, it puts you in a world in fucking two sentences. Mm-hmm. Granted, everyone mishears it. Uh, everyone that I knew and grew up with thought the line was, remember last April when we saw you at Staples? <laughs> so much so that in, let's jump ahead. Uh, 2008. Agony and Irony is coming out, or maybe 2007, whichever the case. And because they were on a major label, there were a lot of radio contests on uh, Q101, mm-hmm. the then kind of alt rock station. And they were doing like a like record release show. I think it was at the Lakeshore Theater or Reggie's. They did like two kind of back to back, and you had to win tickets to one of them. And there were all these ways to win tickets, but one of them was like you had to like be really good at Alkaline Trio trivia. And call in and like answer the questions right. And a lot of it was like the trivia was finish the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, like what comes next? What comes before this? And da 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 da. So I'm listening to the radio and it's goodbye forever. And the line they choose that they're going to have someone call into at 5 p.m. on Thursday is remember last April when cuts off. Guy calls in. He's like, all right, are you ready? They play the clip, and then the guy just yells into his phone, When we saw you at Staples! And it's just like, buzzer, boom. It's like, no, it's when we saw U.S. Maple. And I have to imagine there was a lot of people like, oh, that's what he's saying? I never looked at the lyrics. What's that? What's that about? Um, so, yeah, what a fucking great line that I'm sure a lot of people still get wrong. Somehow the singer showed the fireside exactly how I feel. I love the way he comes in on that shout. Yes. It is such a good, desperate shout. There's so much of that here. Carries into the chorus. And I really loved listening to this back and listening to it on bigger headphones and considering the fact that, you know, the chorus is really the one of the few parts of the song where all of the instruments are just happening there's yes. no pauses in there there's no empty space and it's so loud in comparison and Matt's vocals do not move they are just yeah. in there and he's yelling and he's being kind of overcome by the loudness of the guitars and I really, really love that little detail. Oh, yeah. The fact that, I mean, somebody who was would be more like, you know, versed in recording would just bump that vocal up a little mm-hmm. bit so that it carries over here. But it just fits so well with the, with the sounds, with the way he's screaming, and just the fucking chorus. Like, God. it sounds like he's fucking falling down a cliff. Yeah, I mean, it's just nuts because as we talked about, when he comes in in the verse, he's so kind of pulled back 
mm-hmm. a little aloof. And he kind of builds and builds and builds to the end of the verse where he's like starting to get pretty, you know, worked up. And then that chorus comes in and he's just fucking going for it. And it's funny because it like kind of crescendos down to that last line where he's so agitated. Mm-hmm. He's got so much to say. And then he's just like screams, at least we're still friends. And then kind of is like, eh, at least we're still alive. Like just kind of almost lets it like just kind of he's so exhausted. It just kind of falls out of him. And it's a really just beautiful sentiment to have when you're head over heels for someone seems like it's a new thing mm-hmm. and you're just like oh my god this could be it or it could be terrible or it could just be fine exactly like that's the thing that's just so beautiful to me about it is he's so invested but then kind of like and if it fails whatever it's you know fine. like there's this strange like this means everything but if it fucks up and I screw it up and it's ruined, well, what you gonna do? It's such a unique perspective in the song that I, just everything's about it just works together. I, I, mm-hmm. I think there's so much to be said about every single player, every single line, every single movement. Um, and to try that out, like, Glenn is just crushing it oh my on this God. song. <laughs> Like, I, I can't comprehend how you hear that riff and then decide to do what the fuck you do here. It doesn't fully make sense how that's your impulse. I've, I'm always so interested in the nature of that relationship between Matt as a drummer who's playing guitar uh-huh. and Glenn as a drummer who's playing off of Matt. Because Glenn is so clearly in his own world Mm -hmm. as a drummer and it's i would love to have a little bit of uh an insight into the process of how things went between them because i would love to know you know matt i think i think matt is aware of the fact that glenn is going to play the thing the way that glenn plays it yes and I mean, you're a drummer. Mm-hmm. When you write something, you have drums in mind. Yes. I wonder how much of that, those two fueling each other helps. Like, does Matt play this? And does Matt know Glenn's going to fill this out in a way that nobody else is? Or or is he directing him like, don't play between the beats yeah. of this riff? Which I think so many people would be their first right, instinct. Right. You know, play through it. You know, like so don't do badass. don't do a jagged like rhythmic part here, and even perhaps my favorite part of the song is that final chorus when he's just laying down that drum roll, oh, and they're God. building it and building it and mm-hmm. building it to that just boom explosion at the end. It's like, well, fuck, I don't know. There's just so much, like daring decisions in this because that's not how you write the song mm-hmm. you don't you don't throw in a drum roll that just builds and builds and builds it's not essentially the bridge it's it's there's a lot of things that happen here where i'm just always so compelled by it. i'm like i don't know how you all fucking figure that out or who was directing who or if you just naturally this was the first instinct or what i think it's just so crazy that they you know the first half of that bridge or whatever is just Matt holding the cord and just like hammering it on. Uh-huh. And 
he doesn't move and then you get this little halftime bit and then to come in as fast and as Uh powerful they don't do anything like that very often no just that i mean going back to thinking about seeing u.s maple and experiencing that i mean think about seeing that band at a small venue like that when this song is coming out like being able to focus in on that part and to just feel those drums coming at you well and I, I think that's the thing too is like to consider this band in the time and place they're still an opening act a local opener for a lot of stuff are touring but they're going out and like oh we're gonna play this song for the first time and it's hard to think about like what it's like to be in that room because like i feel like i've been lucky enough to see bands like play a new song and you're like whoa shit yeah, that's yeah. gonna be something but like they're probably just like, oh, we'll just play that one. This is a new one. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that feeling of being in that room and hearing that song for the first time and just being like, uh, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, especially by the time you get to that, that drum at the end, just like, I remember seeing Boilerman mm-hmm. so many times around the time of Lost Leaders. And the last yeah, yeah. song on Lost Leaders uh i think it's called we get the picture it kind of like bottoms out and then it builds and and joey just at a certain point just negates all concept of staying in time with everything and i'd see i would go to those shows for that for that yeah 40 seconds of just being hit with something that was so dense and chaotic yeah I, i i i mean just there's a magic to a band who it's like, all right, we're probably not going to record this to a click because yeah. fuck that. Let's just do it. We know it in and out. And the magic of this is how we get to that part where it's just like, yes, this is wrong. This is not how you write a song. This is not the thing to do, but it doesn't fucking matter. Cause it's so emotional that like you just feel it. And whenever I hear the song, just the, those opening chords, it's just like a, pavlovian response from him is like okay yes boom you have yeah. my attention and to this day it's like one of those songs where it's like they should not be playing a show and not play this yeah here well maybe not now because that new drummer is whatever but this is it, it's just it highlights so much of what i love in music which is just like it doesn't matter this is what we want to do this is what we're doing it's here take it or leave it like if you're not all in whatever we're fully committed. The three of us are locked in and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Like there is just this beauty in being like, this is for us mm-hmm. and maybe it's magical to other people, but we're fully going for it either way. And that can lead to a lot of missteps and cheesy music and blah, 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 blah. But when it works, there's nothing else in the world like it. Um, you know, I love plenty of music that's more adventurous and more creative and more daring and more artistic than this. But it's hard for me to think of a song I would want to hear more than this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's something poetic in the idea that it's all take it or leave it. It's all this is what we're doing and how we're going to do it. 
anything about this song that takes itself so seriously and then kind of negates that at the end of a chorus. Yeah. And there's the term that I'm trying to think of that I'll never be able to just drop one day. I honestly should just put it up on the wall Mm. in here and it's the German term that's just like, you know, art is, all art is all art. It's just all encompassing. And I think that I will always really, really take to heart anything that can take itself so seriously that it can't handle itself and also throw a little bit of just like, it's okay. It's yeah, fine. yeah. You know, and Let me self-efface a little bit. Yeah. Because I don't need to take myself that seriously, even though I really do. No, totally. And I think, to bring this back to something you mentioned earlier, the music video for this song, I think, is also such an amazing encapsulation of that. It's a bad music video. Yeah. It's just them driving around McHenry and washing their faces in a sink. That's about the extent of the arc. Just driving around in my Nissan. However, there's a few moments in it that are so pure to me that really highlight that it's just like they were having fun they were having fun together and this group of people was all they needed the approval of in the world and there's them all kind of like playing broken instruments in the backyard and glenn mowing the lawn Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's like a cigarette that's in between two of the strings at the head yeah and dan's like not fretting but like uh-huh. playing it and matt's playing an acoustic <laughs> guitar with no strings and they're all just like goofing off but th- there's a moment in it where matt's driving his car and it's during the second chorus mm-hmm. and he kind of looks back and clearly one of them is like goofing off trying to like fuck around with him and he's just singing and smiling and laughing so hard and i'm like that's what this band was to me yeah that's what the golden era for me of this band represents where it's just like we are these people we are doing this for ourselves and that's what you fucking get we're gonna have the best time and who cares and there's just a magic to that there's a magic to that with them there's it's that it's going to see the replacements and not knowing what kind of show you're going to get, Yeah, you know, where they're doing it for them. They're entertaining themselves first. That's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what this song is. Yeah. And seeing that video and having the people that I had in my high school who, you know, we were, sharing music with each other we were borrowing each other's cds it was like you get this one so you can burn me a copy Uh and i'll get this one for Uh you and getting my fucking license and driving around to see if we could hit any of those spots in McHenry. Mm -hmm. it's it's something really special and i think that we talked a couple weeks ago about maybe I'll catch fire and and making a second record and how yeah. uh, taxing that is for people and um, you know my friend Evan was just here he made a beautiful record uh, under the moniker Mother Evergreen a thing that he was mm-hmm. working on for five years yeah and I'm like how's the new one going he's like it's pretty good it's different I yeah. got it I made a thing over time and now i kind of gotta kind of gotta do another one and it's but 
this was the follow-up to God Damn It. This yeah, yeah. was the record that after this band has a has a record that makes no sense that people love. This is what they do. And not only do they take it in stride, not only do they push themselves to the next level, but fucking having fun. I mean, I just, whenever I think of the songs from this EP, the I Lied My Face Off EP, with the exception of maybe Bleeder, I couldn't hear any of them being on Maybe I'll Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. And I think this is such a necessary bridge to that. But also, I just always picture that image of them on the back cover, the three of them, where on God Damn It, it's the three of them trying to look kind of scary with the like makeup in the red room. And now it's this blown out, like almost like photoshopped image of just the three of them just like smiling together. Yeah. Just like they aren't trying to be anybody else. They're just themselves, and here it is, you know, and that's amazing to see. It's still, I think that EP is perfect, and, like, it's hard for me to not think of this song as just, like, one of the best opening tracks, be it on that, be it on the self-titled. It's just... It's a perfect song, and it's the type of song that, like, if I was trying to, like, get someone in this band, you best believe it's making that cut. If I had 10 songs to show them it's there if i had five tongues to show them it's probably there you Mm -hmm. know like it's just as essential as it gets one of the things that i you know i put it on a couple times yesterday just listened to it in the living room woke up this morning put it on again listened to it with with headphones on and it was the first time that i sat and looked and said oh I love that that guitar on the left side is kind of off from the mm-hmm. other one. Yeah. He's doing the second track, and he doesn't have to finish everything that the other one does. He's bouncing a little bit. He's yep. so in his zone. He knows that he can go here, and it'll be a nice little thing. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And the... God, that third verse, too. We <sighs> We kind of jump the gun on it but just the way he's putting these phrases together works like umbrellas like a broken mirror it's getting clearer he has such a way in this song too of just moving things going throughout talk about getting into u.s maple like just dropping that one on there and it's so smart and it's so I don't want to say effortless because it takes a lot to get into that spot where you are just so locked into a thing. Yes. And him being able to take this like the energy that made goddamn it and to make something that expands on that, continues it, mm-hmm. just solidifies this era of brilliance yeah it's we're all so lucky yeah that's all i ever think like with with things like this i just feel like i was lucky to discover it when i did and you know i think people are so quick to look back on things they were into when they were younger and be like oh i was a dumb kid but it's like nah this has never wavered yeah this is never gonna waver this is special this is the type of thing that like to to go back to your pavement analogy, like I'm not the biggest pavement fan in the world, but there's always been a moment that I've loved 
in the first song off um, Sly and Enchanted, Summer Babe. Mm-hmm. And it's in that bridge where minerals, ice deposits, daily drop off. He just kind of laughs a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's probably not what the intention was, but it's a genuine moment. Mm-hmm. And this is just capturing that. Yeah. You know, every part of this is so genuine, so committed. There's not full belief in it. You know, or there's nothing but full belief in it, rather. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that's just magical. When you hear that in something or you see that in something, be it whatever kind of art that you're most drawn to, like, it's impossible to deny. And it's like when people who don't like this band or have preconceptions of this band, it's just like, oh, listen to this. Because mm-hmm. I don't think this is what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, we, I think for both of us, this was such a foundational band to find. And I think about what I what I latch onto, and what as I get older, I've kind of like codified and and realized that it's got to be human. Mm-hmm. And I will always just have such an attachment to the humans that made this. Oh yeah. And yeah, this is uh, God. Just look at these things. I know. Um, hey, I hope y'all enjoyed this one. I think that we we've talked about it in the past that these these episodes at first were a little bit tougher for us to figure out how do we yeah how do we do this because it's like these are all things that we, you know we've all been thinking about for the past sixteen seventeen years of our lives. Sure, yeah. It's tough not to just let it all come out in some like you know, unfiltered mess, but I think that we're we're getting pretty good at at just realizing that the best thing that we can do with songs like these songs that we love, songs that saved our lives, is mm-hmm. to just say that we're thankful for them and that we're so glad that we have them, and for anybody listening anyone who's been touched by this song or any other song that we've talked about or are going to talk about we all get to take part in this really really lovely thing where no matter what this song is there and you can put it on and you can fucking put it on again if you want Mm -hmm. to and i totally advise you to go ahead and to do that and to bask in it because for three minutes fucking you got it you got it Mm -hmm. um thank you so much for for joining us uh we would like to invite you to come back next week we have a patreon patreon.com slash as you were you can pledge to help us keep the lights on we got some stuff that's there in exchange for that um all things considered though this is this is uh, moments like this and and getting the chance to stop and to be able to talk about things that we like is a beautiful thing and we're just happy to do it and happy that any of you are out there enjoying it so we'll be back next week talk about something different might not go exactly the same way but either way we hope to see you then thanks buddies